Hello and welcome to the Take Your Data Points and the Goals Will Come podcast. Brian is here and so am I. I am indeed. Hello podcast fans. Or fan, as the case may be. No, I looked it up. We have more than one. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. There's, you know, us. There's my <laughs> mam. Uh, there's my my friend Niall. Hey, Niall. Uh, my dad. <laughs> yeah, I you think know, I'll we, have we, to... We have listeners. I think I'll have to show my mom how to download podcasts. She'll listen to it then. Yeah. It would grow our audience by one. Yeah. Oh, I mean, percentage-wise, that's a pretty big boost right there. We're all about aggressive growth here on the podcast. Yeah. Aggressive growth, we're like, we're like a serious start, um, a startup. We're, we should be an XY Combinator. We're that aggressive. We'll be unicorns in no time. Yeah. And that's not the only mention of unicorns in this podcast today. So, you know, there's a little uh, little bit of intrigue to start yeah. the podcast at. That's a, let's let's our... just say we, we followed up on a segment that we hinted at last week that I really didn't think we'd bother following up on. <laughs> there you go. This is just uh, our little chit-chat, our little banter before we really get into the meat yeah. of the podcast. So there you go. When you're as char- when you're like as charming and as as uh, have a, that natural chemistry that myself and Carl have on the podcast mic, you know this is what you get. Yeah, pure not, podcast not to, gold. Not to mention the ability to edit out when we talk over one another. Oh. Know, it seems it seems so seamless. <laughs> and of course, so I'm much, back to editing this week, so you so know, no, much, no more no more Trump slogans uh, so, snuck so. in there like when you're in charge. <laughs> so much editing. So much editing. Let's get into what the topics will be that I'll be editing uh, next week. So since we last spoke on this podcast, uh, there's been a new article on the website. We've had the second semi-final, and we've gotten to find out how a lot of the uh, new stories coming out of that match have resolved. Maybe not all of them, because we're only recording the Thursday after the match. Yeah, a good a good amount to talk about, despite only... Really having one match left to go and one match last weekend to talk about. Controversial in a lot of ways, I think, really. Mm. We'll get into that soon, but um, first of all, as always, like to plug if there are any new articles on the website, which is takeyourdatapoints.com. Uh, a few weeks ago, I put up a summary of the Leinster final where I basically watched it incredibly slowly, taking note of any time anything happened. And now the equivalent article for the Munster final is up. Uh, this one, it was easier in some ways in that I'd improved the software that I, I used to help me track things. So, you know, it was maybe a little bit more streamlined. I was a bit faster getting through it. But it mm. did still take me a long time because I had to watch Claire lose in very slow motion. <laughs> and, like, I'd just study every silly mistake they made. Every wives they took in excruciating detail. And you're not even paid to do this. This is no. the, this is it. You're not even like a stats analyst for a team. Oh, but, like... you know, it, in terms of adding Twitter followers, you know, that's where the real profit is. Yeah. And I have gotten at least two new followers, I think, since that one went up. And a lot more after the Leinster one went up. Get the... get. That's how it works, you know? Get the Twitter followers, then... Yeah. I'm pretty sure money. some of those aren't, aren't real people now. Um, now that you mention it, because, I did have yeah. a look at someone who liked our articles, and in their profile bio, it did mention that they were looking for sex. I'm going to correct you there. They were looking. They were looking for a sex. Ah, They're just the one. <laughs> um, <laughs> you 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 won't find it here on uh, 
or or really, let's face it, on any um, sports analytics podcast. No, I, I don't no. think. But uh, I don't think there know, were. Li- I don't good, think good, good luck to that robot. Listen. Anyway, may may it find love uh, yeah. down the road. Anyway, the, the, the article <laughs> itself went in depth on the monster final and main conclusion from that. If you remember, after the final, there was no end of the complaints about Claire and their letting Cork take short puck outs, not contesting them. It was worse than political correctness gone mad, tactics and systems gone mad. Mm. The worst crime you could commit. But uh, going through this, I found, you know what? It may not have worked as well as Claire wanted it to, but it didn't really hurt them. They actually, it was fine. Just, you know, it it was unusual, but... It was grand. Um, what did hurt them, you can read about in the article, but like basically it was just a simple thing of they missed lots of shots. They got lots of wides they shouldn't have. They took mm. silly shots. And I mean, when you think about it, that makes sense because you look forward to the quarterfinal where they got knocked out. It was the same thing again. They just got tons of wides. Um, Accuracy really killed so really, them. Yeah. And, you know, going in depth in this article, it is a predictor really of how things progress for them. And then similarly, uh, and we'll get into it soon, but when you see a team pull off what Claire were trying to do, like how Waterford did uh, in the semi-final, that managed to help a huge amount in uh, getting Waterford that win. So there you go, swings and roundabouts. Have a look at that article anyway, if you're interested. Give it a read. It, it, was, it was tough going, but I finally did it. And uh, there should be at least one more similar article uh, on the All-Ireland final itself once that's done. Look forward to that. Should be a good one. So, we'll get into last weekend's semi-final. Well, last weekend as of time of recording. Cork, 20 points. Waterford, 4-19. Big gap uh, in the end. A scoreline at first glance, uh, if you never actually, if you didn't actually watch the match, would maybe mislead you partially as to what exactly happened. Yeah. Would I be think my first comment. Our, our predictions for this match was that it would be very, very close. It would be kind of... Mm. You know, Cork would get less possession, but they're, they'd take good shots when they had the ball. Waterford would kind of maybe get a lot of wides or take poor shots, but, you know, they they control possession more. And it was pretty much, you know, it was going tit for tat. It was going very close for maybe the mm. first 50, 55 minutes. And then Cork had a player sent off. And Damien Cahalan, their, like, center fullback. Yeah. And Waterford absolutely capitalized. Um Turns out when forwards are used to playing essentially man down, when you put them just man on man, it's they just it's as if they have miles of space around them. Yeah, yeah. they just cleaned up. But um, I suppose before going fully into the details of the match, as always, let's get distracted by silly details. I want to applaud whoever is doing the promo videos on RT for matches. You know, but before the Galway Tip semi-final, we had all these fire effects mm. and LL Cool J music. Yeah, this latest one had robot theme for some reason. You know, yeah, Derek McGrath, all systems go. Uh, along trying with, to break down systems, just along with the periodic table of the elements on the Sunday yes, game. That was also you know fully went Breaking Bad on that one, and it it kind of kept going. I think whoever is in charge has just like they they haven't been noticing what this editor is doing because it it seems like they shouldn't be able to get away with it. But I love it. I think it's great fun. And, and really, uh, in I, the I end, hope they keep up the, the robot work. won. It did. It's a warning for us all. Yeah. Robots passion will win and, the end. Passion and fire and fury will, will only get you so far, apparently. Yeah. I didn't see, though, which elements were which. So maybe at the same time, Waterford were more reactive. I don't know if they're like 
you know, sodium or potassium or something. It's probably or, like or cobalt. Or if they're noble gases. You know, cobalt is CO. Yeah, that I think. works. Yeah. I think so. I I don't remember these things. You could argue I should know, but I'm comfortable not knowing. That's fair. Um, something I do know very well, though, is my flags. And because Cork were playing, that means we get to have another Cork flag watch. Cue the music. Now... Unfortunately, you know, I wasn't at the match, I was watching on TV, so we didn't get to see as many flags as I would have liked. But I have to say, all, all the classics were there. You know, you had your regular cork flags, you had your uh, Spanish separatist states, such as Catalonia and the Basque region, you had those. Uh, you had your political choices with, say, Palestine. Um, you know, you, you had good variety. Uh, you know, a, lot, a, few, a lot of ones we'd seen before, I don't know if there are any new ones, but, you know, some... some good efforts there from a lot of people but of course and in light of recent events it's made a lot more news than it usually does you did have one or two with the confederate flag yeah which we would like to point out we did point this out as well too we we condemned we're we're ahead of the curve we condemned it before uh all these counselors did and everything yeah yeah i have to say it is it is good that people are like i know whatever, they probably don't mean anything by it, but that's not how it works, really. I don't think you get to, you know, you you may not mean anything by it, but you still probably realize that it's gonna, you know, piss people off, and, mm. you know, you're, you're basically choosing, like, to still be, you know, kind of an a- about it, basically, by doing it, but, um... It's, a, it's also, like, I could probably say it, it's also a bit late in terms of Cork were knocked out, they're not gonna have any other matches this year. No. So, there's going to be no more flags for at least for next until there next won't year. no but um no I, th- I think it's good overall that people have just you know there are plenty of we we went through a full list listen to our past episodes we gave plenty of alternative options for cork fans if they want to pick something you know unusual but still the right colors hmm. you've all those to choose from now, i will say as much as i agree i agree with the condemnation i have a few quotes here and uh i can't agree with a couple of things said cork county board chairman Lane said there is one flag for Cork supporters, the red flag with the Cork emblem on it. And the Lord Mayor of Cork, Tony Fitzgerald, also in a similar fashion stated, I think we should fly just one flag for Cork. The Cork flag with the Cork motto on it, and that's the message I would give to all Cork supporters. Now, I don't want the Confederate flag, but don't crush the Cork fans' creativity and, you know, and passion for vexillology by telling them there's only one flag they can pick. You know, what if th- what if they want to show their individuality and pick something else that's a red and white flag. You know, what if they want mm. to fly Peru's flag or Greenland's or... Well, I guess Imperial Japan also arguably has its own problems, but, you know... Yeah. Don't I throw suppose. the baby out with the bathwater. Don't tell them to get rid of all flags. You know, hashtag not all flags. Exactly. Just, you know, and, yeah. It, uh, Confederate flag not on, but so many other flags on. I want to see those... I want to see that variety. I want to see every continent represented at every court game. Uh, and then read to give the flip side, the all flags matter side, if you will. You have independent councillor Finn, who said that, and I quote, Yes, maybe people's sensibilities and sensitivities are aroused at the moment about what is going on in the United States. But I honestly think the flag being flown by Cork supporters is not a political statement and has been done in support of the team and should be seen seen just as that. It is kind of like, you know, it's the argument of, oh, sure, we've always done it. But like it also yeah. just basically says being ignorant is fine. 
Yeah. I mean, I can see why some people might have adopted in the first place, because mm. like, hey, it's Duke's a hazard. Cork, Cork is in the south. Cork are rebels. They're rebels. Duke's a hazard, as you say. Yeah. But then, literally, you, you go one point beyond that, and it's like, well, what else does the flag represent? You know, defense of slavery. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's just, uh, you, you run out very quickly, you know, with good reasons to, to hold on to it. Um, I just think there are better options. Agreed. And that, that don't make you an a- but instead just make you, you know, someone with an interest in geography or flags, generally. There you go. That's our, that's, you know, that's our surprisingly nuanced views of flags. So back to the match, because I think we've gone off topic. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think we've fit our quota for off topic that's for this, this portion of the podcast. Off topic banter is now finished with. For now. We'll, we'll get back to some more mm. later, don't worry. But, um, yeah, first 55 minutes of this match, very, very little between the teams. Uh, I was thinking, you know, we made a great prediction by saying Cork to win, but it'll stay very close. Because it was just, there's only, you know, they never really got more than two points between them. You know, level, I think, in double digits, you know, throughout this match. There was was a number of changes in the lead as well, actually. There was a few changes in lead, and there was a number of times, numerous times, they drew level. Just extremely close. And I just thought, you know, if Cork can just get a little bit more of the possession, then they'll pull ahead. Or, Mm. on on the other hand as well, if if Waterford maybe just stop getting so many wides, they might pull ahead. You know, it's anyone's game, really. And then Callan got sent off on a second yellow. And, well, now, for the first few minutes afterwards, it seemed like Cork were doing okay. They managed to get up a couple of points. Yeah. I thought, oh, well, you know, they might, uh, you know, they might manage to hang on despite this. And then just goals and more goals. Just all the goals from Waterford. So that many fir- goals. That, fir- that second goal that came out, that came after, well, I suppose the first ca- goal that came after Catalan was sent off was just you kind of knew the way things were going to go and it just really cascaded from there yeah it it, it just it, it, it like the floodgates actually just seemed to open it looked like that just cork weren't able to reorganize themselves or they weren't able no. to patch up that that hole in defense they didn't and, bring a man back and i think we finally saw where cork's inexperience uh, has let them down because all year, you know, we were excited about young team and new faces, and I think also just kind of surprised at how well composed they were and well organized they were for such a young team. But I think we finally saw when they got down by a lot because they hadn't been down by more than a few points basically all this championship. Yeah. But once it happened, they got panicky. They started fouling. Wild they shots. They started doing stupid things and really you know all that happened was that waterford got more freeze it slowed the game down they were able to hold on to their lead they were able to extend mm. it they were just able to prevent cork from having the time they needed to get back into it yeah i think definitely a disappointing way to go out in the end for cork after putting up such a great year and keeping it close for so much of the match they just really uh totally fell apart in those last 10-15 minutes not the way you'd really have liked to have it finished for them i mean there was Cahalan was sent off and then there was a second red card given out although he at least brought down a waterford player with him Connor yeah Gibson also ex- uh, got exactly sent off for that as well as organ uh, exactly i think like maybe you should do what we always do like if we're going to go for if we're we're saying for cork like i think the positives for cork were patrick organ I thought was aside from the sending off of course aside from the sending <laughs> off of course put like really kept them in the game like the yeah. amount of points that he put over and for a game that uh funnily enough where 
other Cork forwards who would normally you'd normally rely on seem to be quite quiet. Mm. Um, they didn't really put the points on the board where normally they'd be good for three or four points in a match. Lahan I thought was quiet. Luke Mead was a bit quiet. Even Kingston to a certain extent was very quiet and really for a while there it just seemed to be Patrick Horgan doing all the scoring. Though I think a lot of that has to go to Waterford's credit rather than than Cork playing badly. I think Waterford, as I said earlier, they they did what Clare were trying to in this match. Yeah. Um, They also had some of Clare's failings. They did get a lot of wides, but they did a much better job of controlling possession. They disrupted puck outs. They just made everything hard for Cork. Cork couldn't get their normal you know, passes strung together. They just cut off portions of the pitch. Made made Cork work for everything, really. And, yeah, I mean, the frustration showed on Cork, as, as we saw, two red cards. And also, uh, not to forget, also the uh, face-off between Dan the Man Shanahan and The Rock. That's Dermot O'Sullivan, not Dwayne Johnson, as well. Shivers down my spine. Shivers down my spine. That's all I'd Very say. exciting face-off. Uh... I'm just going to say, you know, I'm not excited in any way about Mayweather McGregor, but uh, if Vegas could make this happen, I, I, I'd, I'd pay for the uh, pay-per-view. I'd buy that for a dollar. Uh, but I mean, you know, it, it is actually quite funny, these kind of nearly, like, the, the it, it seems to become more, it seems to become definitely a bigger thing. The, nearly the sideshow on, 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 with management <laughs> or, like, even, like, assistance for teams. Like, you had Cody and Derek McGrath, that whole, you know... That whole thing on the sideline yeah. when Waterford and Kilkenny were playing, and then you had, uh, you know, you had Davy. You obviously have Davy doing his thing, and then you have Dan the Man on the Rock. Yeah, y- you know, there's, there seems to be this whole thing. It's, it's, sure it's almost it's... like certain. It's almost like certain managers now have like their assistants almost as a proxy for those uh, face-off moments because you know Kingston himself seems is generally quite uh, soft-spoken, quite reserved. Like he's. I guess more traditional, he kind of, you know, lets the talking be done on the pitch and so on. I think he's an excellent manager, but he doesn't uh, go shouting, you know, in your face or anything. But then, uh, you know, he has Dermot O'Sullivan to uh, be the enforcer if he Mm. needs him. So what else could we really say um, in the positives for Cork? Obviously, like, I think... I mean, I think, you know, you look at Cork last year, there, you know, no one thought they'd be in a semi-final this year. No, we certainly didn't. They are so improved, you know. And and you think about it, like they kept it pretty much level with a team that's that was in their third semi final in a row, um, with just you know a bunch of youngsters, a lot of whom had you know this was their first year in the championship. Um, I think there are a ton of positives, really. Now, I think in the end, the discipline failed them, and they just they lost their cohesion and their structure as they began to panic more. But um, for the first fifty five minutes, at least. Mm. You know, they were very good, and I think if there wasn't that sending off, it could have been a very different story. And really, like, there's there's plenty Cork did right. I think they just were, you know, they, they lost to a team that played better on the day, and they lost to a team that took full advantage of uh, sending off and really made them pay for it. Yeah. For Waterford, then, uh, in terms of positives... Like I think, obviously, Jamie Barron had a had a had a great start, had a great match. Austin Gleeson, while initially quiet, really made himself known again on the day. Um, you know, you had some sterling, like really sterling performances from a lot of the Waterford panel. They really did kind of show up in force, I suppose, and they really kind of played a physical physical game. And I can't accuse them of actually like I don't think it was a boring match to watch. That's one thing. 
Um, no, not which at is all. usually the criticism that's leveled at them. You know, it's a boring style of play. Um, it's hard to be boring when you score four goals, though, as well. And, um, exactly. I, um, actually, going going back to Gleason, um, that goal where he just ran and ran and kept running, and he thought he should have passed, he, but he didn't. He, he should have passed, <laughs> and like it's a terrible. You know, it's 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 very much. I think do as I say, not as I do. Like he, he absolutely yeah. should have passed. That was the correct thing to do. But I'm so glad he didn't because that was fantastic. It, it was fantastic. It was so cool. You have to feel sorry for Nash at that stage. It was a case of oh yeah, you know, backline disintegrated, and it's just him and you know Waterford forwards. And as good as Nash is, there's only yeah. so much even like he, he, can he do. shouldn't have been allowed to get that close. But I mean, no. that again, that is what made it such a spectacular goal. Exactly. Um, but yeah, that's the good side of Austin Gleeson. The bad side, and we mentioned some of the controversy coming out of this match, was the helmet pull. And as of recording anyway, this seems to be resolved. He will get to play in the All-Ireland Final. You know, there was nothing done in the moment by the ref about it, so they've kind of let it be. With some controversy but, um, as well, still, actually. Still, of course there is. Um, the Twitter mob is um, like, is out for blood. That's what Twitter mobs are for, Um but I, yeah, I have to say, like, I'm glad he's in the final because I think it would be such a shame if such a good player and such an exciting player, such a fun player to watch, like, if he missed out in the All Ireland final, it just wouldn't be the same. I think it'd be extremely disappointing not to have him in the final. Yeah. I think you just wouldn't get the same atmosphere. After everything, though, with Tyg de Berka not mm. being allowed in the semi final and everything, why would you even risk it? Why would you go anywhere near? <laughs> someone's face care i just don't understand how he let it happen in the first place after you know like when when your manager is has five written on his hand in you know as a reference to tag to burka being out and like we must win it for him to then go and do the thing <laughs> that was the reason for him being out um, yeah on a side note another, another good performance was dar fives uh filling in a sweeper he Brilliant, absolutely actually. lived up the role and i do wonder though like did he see five written on Derek McGrath's hand, and be like, he believes in me. Tiger's gone, <laughs> but fives. Yeah, we can do this. I like to think that's what happened. He was just given rational confidence due to a misunderstanding. Yeah, and then there was also the um, red card for Connor Gleeson um, mm. and Patrick um, Patrick Horgan as well. I haven't, haven't seen that like played back again. I thought that was very soft red. Like I, I did really too. didn't I... see... As I said, we're, we're recording this not so long after the actual match, but mm. I would I, I would not be surprised if they continue contesting that and try and get him back in for the final. I think that's something they could feasibly successfully appeal. I don't think there was I much so. in that to no. lead me to believe it was a red. Austin Gleeson, yeah, you could argue definitely there's, a, there's quite a bit yeah. there, and it looked intentional. It certainly looked intentional. Um, but, but for Connor Gleeson, I, I, I just couldn't see it. I couldn't see it myself. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I can understand. But I think, it, yeah, it was, it was very soft. I think they have an argument there. Um, certainly, if you have to pick a Gleason, a Gleason to keep for the final, you want to keep Austin. But, um, hmm. I mean, you never want to be losing out on any of your starters. So it is still disappointing for Waterford. Just when they had the game in the bag to have something silly like that happen. Hmm. Um, yeah, just a bit disappointing. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I suppose, anyway, to summarize, as Fred said, Cork definitely disappointed to go out, but cannot be disappointed with the year as a whole to make this kind of progress from going out in the second round to 
getting into a semi-final and just looking so much better doing it. Mm. Huge improvement for Cork. I think now that the team has a bit more experience too, you know, they'll come back stronger next year. I think a Cork resurgence is inevitable at this point. It's just how long it takes. There are a lot of good teams, but God, if they can build on this, if they can keep going without falling apart, I mean, the sky's the limit, really. Yeah. They're going to come back hungry too, because I'm sure, you know, however long is it now? It's, it's a long time in Cork to go between all Ireland's. So uh, they're going to be hungry. Hungry for shredded wheat. Breakfast cereal champions. Hashtag sponsored ad. We need to actually get real ads. Though also I would say I would expect Cork to be special K because you've got the red and white there. Yeah. And, you know, you've got alliteration with K and Cork. And uh, also, you know, following on from the Confederate flag stuff, K mm. is only two letters away from KKK. And, uh, True. you know, having having that ambiguity, oh, do the, do the fans really mean it? Um, yeah. Chanting special KKK, you know, there's nothing in it. They're just there supporting the team. You know. So, yeah. Special yeah. K is, is my uh, pick for Cork. What breakfast cereal is your team? You know, know. Tweet, tweet in at t- TY Data Points. Porridge? Just a lumpy mess. I like, you know, sets you up for the day. Put it, a bit it'll, of it'll do. It's, it's, not, it's nothing special, but sure, it'll, it'll <laughs> keep you going. <laughs> for Waterford, then. Finally get into their final. Third time's the charm. Uh, two years getting so, so close. They're finally back in All Ireland final, and yeah, uh, I, I think this is a good example of when the back door really benefits a team. I don't think they were ready at the start of the year for the All Ireland. I think they needed those extra matches. We'll get into in a while, kind of the route that each team has taken to the final. But Waterford definitely benefited. They weren't quite up to speed when they first faced Cork, but you know they went back. Yeah. They kind of got you know an easy match under the belt against Offaly. Just kind of got their scoring back aligned then they had a bit more challenge against Kilkenny who you know despite being uh, you know on a downward slope are still a very good team just you know who who pushed them just the right amount you know someone they could beat but you know it wasn't just a walkover no similar you know Wexford then another team that was just the right level of challenge for them and I think they've just been able to build game on game get better get sharper and it paid off in that semi-final they're really able to capitalize. Their improved goal scoring, their improved passing, just everything really. Everything was that bit sharper and more tuned up. They were finally mm-hmm. back up to the level uh, that they needed to be at. Uh, and I mean, I think Waterford are the team with the longest drought since their last championship, who I think realistically could win a championship in the next few years. Mm. You know, let's let's be honest, Leash or Kerry, uh, it's not going to happen anytime soon. Or London, even. <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah, no, I think Waterford, like, they're the team most deserve, with a bit, you know, I guess largest combination of being deserving champions and also the longest since they've last won it. So, uh, no, I, I think it's great for them anyway to be back into a final. And I think it's just great in general now that we have a final between two teams who haven't won it in ages. Uh, two of last year's losing semifinalists who arguably were good enough to be in last year's final. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It'd be very interesting. So as we said, we'll get into talking about the upcoming All-Ireland Final, the last game of the year and arguably the most important. But um, before that, more mindless filler, because we only have two matches to talk about. <laughs> so last week, you you made an offhand joke about, you know, what a, what animal would your favorite county be? And I, I stopped you there because I said, we need gold like that to pad out future episodes. Yeah. And here well, it is. Here it is. We, we've mined that gold, we've processed it, and we've made it into 
beautiful, shiny things. Here are our picks for what animal is your county hurling team. Let's start off with the finalists. Galway, grizzly bear. So your first thought is, you see a grizzly bear, big and strong, powerful animal. But then you see it like fishing for salmon and you think, oh wow, it's it's actually quite skillful. You know, you wouldn't think, you'd think it'd be kind of clunky and cumbersome, but no, it, it's mm. got skills. And then, you know, you, you're looking at it, but it spots you and it starts running towards you. And you think like, oh no, it, how can something that big still run really fast? You know, how does it have that kind of conditioning? I think really that's that's Galway right there. You've got the power, but then surprising speed and agility combined in. Just, you know, all in all, one of the most dangerous uh, animals in the animal kingdom. Like Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh is pretty dangerous. Pretty sure Winnie the Pooh I mean, is a grizzly bear. The honey, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he came from deepest, deepest darkest Peru, so... I think you you're know. confusing your bears. I don't think... Uh, Am I? I? I'm not sure if you're... You know, smarter than the average bear on these matters now. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> just to clarify, that wasn't me being rusty, having not edited in several weeks. That was all you. Yeah. Um, that noise. Right. Number two, Waterford snapping turtle. Now you know it's it's not the prettiest thing in the world, but rock solid defensively. And you know what? Give them even a little bit of space. Give them a little more space than they used to. And that offensive bite will just crush you. It'll go right through. I've seen YouTube videos. It goes right through like a watermelon or a pineapple. Just one and, bite. And gone, funnily liberated. enough, and funnily enough, on this topic, Derek McGrath, in a good way, reminds me of a silverback gorilla. Yeah, this was something you you texted me during the match, and I kind of couldn't stop thinking it whenever I saw him from then on. But you know, it's it's not like in a in an oafish way. It's more kind of like proud in the yeah. mists. Um, you know, in in those short shorts, just you know, it's you know, just wise eyes mm. kind of thing. And it's kind of like it's kind of amusing to think that he manages a team of turtles. <laughs> I think um, you have a good cartoon pitch there, a good children's yeah. uh, TV show, in in that. Uh, I think we should say no more and just get that pitch ready uh, before any of our listeners do. Yeah, Gorilla uh, Turtle School. I'll put that in the TV ideas pile, along yeah. with um, Party with Marty. Mm. Oh, well, yeah, Party with Marty has to take priority. Yeah, that's it. That's another... We won't tell the audience about that yet. That's another pitch for another day. Just, you know, it, it will have Marty Morrissey, and uh, it will have him rescuing bad parties week by week. Yeah. I, 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 mean, I, I mean, I think that's enough that we should just have floods of money by the time the next episode comes up. We're, uh, that's you know, investable right there. If RT is listening, we're available. So, uh, mo- moving on to the other stupid rubbish we're talking about, uh, <laughs> Cork, uh, they are a cat. And you, you might be thinking, well, surely Kil- Kilkenny are the cats, but no, Cork, they're, they're aloof. Um, and they know in their heart that they're better than you. It's not that they think they're better. They, they know it. They know they're better. And, you know, any time that you actually do overcome them or beat them, uh, you know, they they, uh, they, they weren't really uh, trying. They they just, they uh, they caught that bird for you and they just gave it to you. They they didn't really want it. They just, they needed to show you, uh, they need they need to just give you food because, you know, you're so bad at hunting compared to them that they, <laughs> they needed to give you these scraps of pity. So, uh, but yeah, you know, at the same time, though, this despite this uppityness and this kind of aloofness, 
you, you can forget that they are still, they're quick, they're agile, and they have a killer instinct. Meow, 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 bye. Tipperary, lion. Powerful and proud, but also apparently seems to spend a lot of the day sleeping and infighting with the rest of the pride. And, you know, if, if it could get itself together and, you know, focus its energy, it'd have that two in a row by now. But uh, unless it's provoked, it just seems happier to kind of fight amongst themselves and everything. It's, I don't know, wasted talent. It's pretty apt. Pretty yeah. apt. Pull no punches on this podcast. No. We will We will describe your Hurling County as a lion in a bad way, and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> uh, Kilkenny robot like i i thought about this hard i just couldn't come up with an animal comparison because they are a machine they're annoyingly consistent they're nearly perfect at the task they're given and they're going to take your job um and in this case jobs are a metaphor for all ireland's and leinster championships and really all you can hope for is that it'll just you know break down have to be taken away from maintenance for a while um but unfortunately most of the time all it needs is just a part changed out and it's good to keep going um but we, we've just been lucky in that this year, it's been a maintenance year. Pretty much like a Terminator. Yeah, pretty much. God, I hope they don't go back to the past, though, and start stealing the old Irelands we have. Oh. Maybe they already have. I don't it know. It totally would be a Kilkenny thing to many. do, to not stop at winning. Yeah. I'm sure Cody's working on it right now. <laughs> in, his, his, in his garage, in his DeLorean, just tuning yeah. it up. This is what you do when you give the man spare time by letting him off early for the summer. Yeah. No knowing what he's capable of. Next up, Claire. I've got one with Unicorn. Because, you know, Claire are clearly the most magical, the bestest animal in the world. And, you know, some people say might say unicorns are mythical. Some might say 2013 was a fluke. But, you know, it's real to me. Uh, it happened, and I know it happened. So, uh, there, you know, you can just live in a, in a non-magical world, and I'll, I'll be happy with my unicorn. And, and you could really say they're true form is only revealed every once in a while yeah yeah like a sphinx or some other glorious creature as as long as it's um you know mythical then yeah works out sphinx keeps unicorn ma- whatever it's it's all good comparison keeps the magic alive yeah so uh next up wexford a young buck they're Whoa. confident they're they're getting out there they're sparring they're they're inexperienced but they're getting stronger all the time uh, over the winter, they'll shed their antlers, and uh, I've no doubt that they'll grow out even larger come springtime. Which, is, uh, by which I mean, they'll they'll have a good league next not, year. Not become extremely rotund. No. But, that uh, would hurt their chances, I would imagine, if they fattened over winter. I mean, everyone fattens a little over winter. Mm. Apart, a lot of the league is basically a slimming program. You know, that, you know that, that'll be while the velvet is still on the antlers, but you know that, that'll be off come championship time, don't you? Yeah. Dublin. A puppy bought at Christmas time. So remember, maybe a couple of years back, it was it was still cute and lovely, and those times have passed now. And now you have potential vet bills coming. And also, you know, you had that other pet already. And let's face it, you love that one more. And now you're just not sure if you can, if you really have the time, the energy, the money, take care of a second pet on top of that. Mm. You know, sometimes you wonder would it be easier just uh, take a drive out on country road. With, with that that puppy that's no longer cute with the vet bills coming up and uh, I know maybe uh, you you lose it along the way on on the return journey. Well, look at that. It happens. 
it's kind of like, you know, it's a hamster, really, you know. Entertaining at first, runs out of wheel, and then you realize that's all it does, and it just kind of gets old fast, and really it's going nowhere. Hamster Puppy is our other uh, pitch for a children's program. <laughs> Copyright 2017, Hamster Puppy. Uh, Limerick are a fool. So the potential is there to become Mighty Stallion. And, you know, they've, they've shown every indication, you know, at, say, under-21s level and so on, that they, they have that potential. But for now, it is still just finding its feet. And with care and training, you know, it might someday be a champion racehorse. But it could also break its leg going over a hurdle early on. So, uh, you know, still still too much between now and when, it, when it's great to say, you know, if, it, if it'll re- reach its potential. But, uh, you know, you never know. It, it could go there. It has a high ceiling. <laughs> Uh, and speaking of horses, Offaly next, which, as we mentioned last week, are the dead horse we keep beating. Uh, a champion in its day, those days are long gone. Offaly County Board keeps insisting on trying to enter it into the race, ignoring the trainers who keep insisting that they just need to accept that it's dead, and they'll have to buy a new one if they want to get anywhere. Nearly too, all too apt, really, isn't it? Or a beached cod just kind of flops around and doesn't do all that much. Tasty, though. Like, better teams enjoy feeding on it as an easy route to the next round of the of Leinster. Yeah, like Galway Grizzlies. Mm. <laughs> Salmon might be more appropriate, I don't know. Yeah, uh, it'll settle for cod. I mean, you know, it's not going to be too picky. Well, Sam, Salmon might have some more hope for the future that they'll get over this waterfall, but uh, mm. I don't know if that hope is there yet, so I'm going to stick with... Well, you're going to stick with cod, I'm going to stick with dead horse, but certainly either, either way, it's not in a great spot. Don't go chasing waterfalls, that's all I'm saying. Leash, uh, another aquatic theme, a remora. They're a little fish in a big scary ocean, but somehow they've found a way to survive in shark-infested waters. Now, it's hard to ever imagine them making it up the food chain. They're still going to stay as, you know, as tiny fish. Uh, but, you know, they've, they've managed to survive a hostile environment for much longer than we expect them to, and really they had any right to. So, you know, fair play to them in that regard. And uh, finally, since they're coming up to the League Division 1 next year, Antrim, Pigeon. <laughs> now, you know, Pigeon, they're nothing special, but they've had their moments of glory in the past. Uh, you know, in, in Pigeon's case, delivering messages, important messages in World War One, and in Antrim's case, reaching an All-Ireland Final in 1989. And, you know, it, it does feel like these heroic days where they were respected, they're long in the past now, but... They still find a way to survive in the big city. They're still in Division 1. You know, they might lose the odd toe or, like, get a weird neck thing or get their feathers ruffled, but they are hard to kill off entirely. And every so often, they will find a way to ruin your day. You know, and, and again, going to, through the comparison, Antrim, they might win occasional upsets, and pigeons might occasionally crap on your head. So that is our... Uh, Rundown of next year's Division 1 teams and what animal they are. Great. I don't think we're ever going to beat that for useless filler. I no, I, like I mean that's, that was... that's like a mega cork flag watch in terms of useless f- filler right there. Yeah, that that was that was the pinnacle. I think that's yeah. that's that we've we've become um we've reached hubris. I think so. I'd say we need to be taken down to earth, but you know what? We don't have many episodes to go, so let's just go for it. Uh, exactly. Let's, let's push this stupidity. Let's push it to the limits. Yeah. Past the point of no return. So, I thought it'd be nice now. You know, we're, we're getting down to the All-Ireland Final. 
you know, we, we need to hype it up. We need to go through this. And I guess no uh, hype up of an All-Iron final is complete without going through each team's road to the final, the path each team took. And unlike the Sunday game, we don't have any fancy graphics. We don't. To, it's audio to only. spice this up. I, though, how, having said that, I will hopefully, uh, and post-fact I might edit this bit out if it doesn't happen, but I will aim to have an article up just kind of tracking how each team's reached this point, how they've done this year, maybe compared to last year when they reached the semifinal, but no further, what yeah. have they done better? Um, so, you know, look forward to that too. Let's start off with Waterford. Start off badly. Munster semifinal against Cork, they lose. Not a great start to the season. You know, it's definitely not the ideal start. They didn't look as good as they did last year. Their league wasn't no. the best either. But questions were raised. They were. We raised questions. We were like, hmm, not um, happy about that. I have to say, though, as we said earlier, they rallied very well and they answered those questions going through the back door. Qualifier round one, 1st of July. They played Offaly, away in Offaly, and they beat them 135 to 14 points, which is the biggest championship winning margin since uh, 59, I believe, which is also the last time they won in All-Ireland. Just saying. And they got... They got their nice. They got their nice start. You know, they, they got a soft team to start with, which was yeah. pr- w- exactly what they needed to build that confidence up. They they got their scoring back on track. They went from scoring eighteen points in match to thirty eight. So uh, definitely big improvement. Mm. Qualifier round two, eighth of July. Only a week later, they faced Kilkenny in Thurlis, and here they beat them four twenty three to two twenty two. Their first championship Man. win against Kilkenny since the nineteen fifties as well. Now, That's an amazing scoreline, actually, looking back at that. 4.23. Well, it is, but you have to remember that's partially because it went to injury time, which True. should not have happened because they were winning by something like eight Seven points. Seven or points or eight, eight points, yeah. Um, but you know what? They showed resilience in still going, carrying on and winning by so much in injury time. You know, like I think, listen, they shouldn't have let it get that far, but it definitely showed something special in them that they got the momentum back on their side um, because we've mm. seen so often Kilkenny just once they kind of get a sniff of it, they're not going to let you back in it. So yeah, definitely an impressive result there winning the match in the end by seven points and reaching the quarterfinal where they played Wexford on the 23rd of July. This was them looking much more comfortable, I think again, and this is where we started seeing definitely. them. I think this is where we finally accepted they were getting back, you know, they were back to where they were last year and mm. playing properly again. They just looked comfortable they won by four points in this one, and, you know, it, it's not a huge winning margin, but they always just looked like they could just hold that lead, uh, no problem. Exactly, yeah. In doing so, they reached their third semifinal in a row against Cork, which obviously we've just discussed. They won 419 to 20 points, gained revenge on the team that beat them earlier in the year, and reached their first All-Iron final since 2008. So, uh, nice, very, just very good come back they learned from their mistakes they worked on their weaknesses and they're in the final now uh going through some of the more specific stats their average score was 2.2 goals per match and 23 points per match so a total of 29.6 as opposed to conceding 0.6 goals 19.6 points so conceding 21.4 so their average winning margin here including the loss, you know, their average score, score margin was mm. uh, positive eight points. So that's a good, uh, that's a good margin to have, it must be said. Obviously buffed by the uh, Offaly win, but um, 
yeah, a great result to come away from in the end. And uh, also, side note, bringing in the computer predictions, the average amount that they exceeded expectations by was 0.23 wins per game. So in other words, they've won 1.14 more matches than expected. Huh. Does it mean anything? <laughs> Not really. But, you know, I'll, I'll present some nice looking graphs to go with it when I write the article. Yeah, yeah that, if you have... Impressive. If you have a just about of an eighth of a match to win, <laughs> where, where Waterford have to show up for and play for an eighth, there's a good chance that that could be that there that could be their game. <laughs> Overall, like for Waterford though, you'd have to say you know it's kind of been a very nice surprise. Very. They've kind of overcome expectations in terms of from how they started, and um, yeah. you know they had a relatively tough route when it really came to the final, as, as opposed to maybe, and we'll get into it in more detail, with Galway, which, uh, going through Leinster, their route is that bit easier, I it think. It was a bit, but, um, yeah, no, Waterford, definitely full credit, and, you know, I, th- I think we spent a lot of the year saying, oh, are they as good as last year? But I think now we can say that they have exceeded it, and there's mm. a reason they're in the final this year. Going back to the scoring stats as well, I didn't have this in the outline, I only looked it up a few minutes ago, but, um, yeah, they they're scoring about... I think six or seven points more per game on average than they were last year. And, you know, their, their wow. offensive end is something we've kind of maybe given out to in the past, but it's something that they've actually made a very big improvement on. Mm. And yeah, I think fair play to Waterford. Um, if nothing else, I'm happy to see Derek McGrath shut up at least some of his critics who can't understand systems. Yeah, the Sunday game was very, um, well, it was very quiet. It was a bit shoegazy, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kind of staring at their feet like, oh, I suppose, I suppose you can actually get to a final using a sweeper. With a sweeper. If you want. If you want to guess, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that, you know, it does address that comment of Waterford are nice lads, the sort of, you know, sort of team you'd like your sister to go out with, you know. <laughs> I know about that with all the uh, face pulling, but uh, mm. anyway... We'll get into Galway by comparison and have to say their route to the final, for the most part, much more direct and much more uh, dominant, really. Start off 28th of May, Leinster quarterfinal against Dublin in uh, Offaly, which was Galway's home venue, if you remember correctly, uh, due to the rules Uh. of Leinster. (laughs) That score was 228, you know, 34 points to 117. So 14 point win. It seems weird to say this was a quiet. 14 point win they put up 34 points and like you didn't even notice they just absolutely destroyed dublin in this one which can be summed up effectively as yeah yeah pretty much um so yeah that was the first hurdle and uh i don't know i i think it's like that uh i don't know if you've ever seen that comic that has done the rounds online of the guy seem like lining up getting ready to do the high jump and then the reveal is it's hurdles but i mean that's how much they exceeded the hurdle by <laughs> they just treated like it was high jump and uh yeah, <laughs> yeah. dublin were no contest leinster semi-final 18th of june 2017 awfully was their opponent as opposed to their venue and this was Ugh. on a leash this is you know dublin were bad but this was almost a step back in competition final score Ugh. 33 points to 111 uh, rubbish. Yeah, absolutely. Again, rubbish. another another match where Galway put up over thirty points and just kind of you know barely raise any eyebrows. I think as, as I mm. said at the time, if nothing else, you know it was an easy match. It was foregone conclusion, but uh, great time management by Galway to score thirty three points without any goals in an, mm. in just a normal seventy minute match. Leinster final against Wexford on second July uh, in Crow Park. 
29 points to 117. Now, this was the first match that was meant to be a challenge for Galway. Le- Wexford had just come off beating Kilkenny for the second time in a year, um, playing mm. away as well. There's a record attendance. You know, I think Lex- Wexford, they were they were underdogs, but there was a lot of hype. I don't think, you know, I think there were some people uh, picking them to win it. I, you know, it. It looked like a close enough game going into it. And then Galway made them look absolutely average. Just absolutely pulled away in the second half. More details. Read the article on the website of how they went about doing it. But um, I think this is where they really showed how dominant they were this year. Um, because that was their first match, I think, against a properly good team. And they mm. you know, they beat them by nine points. Excellent game from them there. And again, 29 points without scoring any goals. Just very impressive. Exactly. Um, just... Not that not scoring goals is... A good thing, but just to still be able to put up massive scores without the need for goals is impressive. Yeah. So then that brings us to their most recent match, 6th of August, against Tipperary. Uh, coming back fairly rusty, I feel, but uh, still managed to win that just about by 22 points to 118. Great match as a neutral match. Ma- fan, and mm. I think it's what Galway needed as well, because we see all the other three matches, they weren't really pushed. And to see them push this hard and still come out and win... I think it helps legitimize them. I think even more so, you know, more so than if they trashed a tip team that came out flat like they had a few other times this year. This really just showed like why Galway are the favorites still to win this year. Just a great match, and I think we won't have anything to complain about as neutral fans if we see something similar in the final. Mm. And overall uh, for Galway, like what's noticeable is they have a pretty easy walk through the back door or through no the not front door. The back door. Through the front door. Strolled in, you know, keys in hand. Leinster, in terms of competition at the moment, is... It's very weak. Relatively poor. Yeah, and I think either... You look at the strongest teams after Galway, you have Wexford, you have Kilkenny, and neither of them, I feel, are at their peak. I think Wexford are still rising to their peak. Kilkenny are falling from it. Um, Dublin have fallen off from it. They're already down. And, you know, Offaly and Leash aren't doing anything. Um... So yeah, definitely there wasn't too much competition, but um, as I said, I think that that tip match really answered any questions we had about if you know it was an easy draw or or if they are yeah. a really good team because um, yeah, they they really put it up to them. Not not a flawless game. There was rust there, but uh, they wanted they, they, the style. Yeah, they and they just held their ground in a tough game. Mm. Uh, going into the deeper stats. Computers wins above expectation was a total of 1.2 games more than expected, so 0.3 per game. So very similar, but slightly higher than Waterford's, I suppose, due to not losing any of their matches. So, you know, easier draw, but they didn't lose. So uh, overall, Computer thinks Galway have done almost equally well to get this far. Mm. Another potential future article will be getting into that whole uh, wins over expectation thing. But I think already they've both teams have really reached the point that some... Other teams have won all, Ar- all Ireland's with in easier years. Going into the average scoring, like Waterford, Galway are a lot improved over last year. They've scored 29.5 on average per match, uh, which is 0.5 goals, 28 points, uh, and conceded about 18.75 per match, which was one goal and 15.75 points. So uh, their average winning margin is 10.75 points. So double they on average, they win by double digits. Considering they won their semi-final by only a point, um, it shows how how easily they've won all their other games. Really, um, and what's, still what's interesting is 
What's interesting is, I suppose, in contrast to Waterford, it's the goals. Yeah. They're definitely something Galway, that's, uh, that's a big difference. Galway um, have scored way more per game than they did last year, but they've scored way fewer goals. And I think that's yeah. really interesting that they've their actually total score in the match is way higher and they, they've just done it almost entirely through points. Pretty amazing, has to be said. So yeah, let's get into the, you know, that's how both teams got here. Let's get into the actual match. Sunday, the 3rd of September. Galway versus Waterford, Crow Park, All-Ireland Final. Looking forward to it. Really looking forward to it. This is the first All-Ireland Final in 21 years, where we don't have Cork, Kilkenny, or Tipperary. Um, e- either way, we're getting a long overdue county win- winning. In Galway's case, they haven't won since 88, and in Waterford's since 59, which is shocking when you consider how many good teams mm. they've had, especially over the last 15, 20 years. I think because of that, like I don't really want e- I you know I I don't want either team to lose really. I want Derek McGrath to be able to shut up more pundits, but I also don't want to see Joe Canning go another year without an All Ireland. You know he's too good not to. Mm. Like up up front, I I do want you know I'll, I'll side with Galway. They're always they're nearly always the team that I go for after Clare knocked out anyway. If Waterford come out and just play their hearts out, I might find myself switching allegiance on the day. I do kind of, I want yeah. both teams to win, and I know both can't, but um, yeah, I think whatever I... happens, it's going to be a little bit bittersweet. I, I think both teams are deserving. Yeah. Both teams have come so close a lot in the last few years. And There's a good yeah, story to both of there, them. There right? really is. Um, I think, yeah, whoever wins, you, you can't be disappointed really I, th- I think it's it's a great story either way it's just whichever one you prefer i'd understand if as a neutral fan you went with either yeah turtles versus uh grizzly bears i, I, I don't think we've full, we're fully hyping up the match by using that analogy but you know we've, we've made our bed we're gonna lie in it yeah um what i would say is it is actually just amazing that it's been 21 years for a final without cork kilkenny or tipperary yeah. that is that was the 1996 final between wexford and limerick so it's been a while, which kind of adds to the uh, adds to the sense of occasion. Um, like really, what could you say? Waterford, um, their defense defensively played extremely well against Cork. Galway's defense, which I think we were hyping up a fair bit going into their match against Tipperary, looked shakier than it had previously, and maybe that's to do with the caliber of competition that they were faced with. That they were never pushed until they really met a team like Tipperary. You know, it's a case of I think goals are going to factor big into you know you know into who wins. I think of all of 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 the two teams, I think Waterford had that better chance of pulling off pulling off goal chances. Um, having said that, goal we have like that amazing offensive capability in terms of their forward line, Canning and and both Cooney brothers as well. Um, they're quite a strong physical team. Really, like I think if Waterford can can secure a few goals. And if they can work on the accuracy, and it's really, it really could boil down to who's more accurate on the day. Yeah, I do think it's a very interesting matchup because I think they are so similar in in so many ways. Um, they're both known, I think, primarily for their defense. Uh, mm. Like they've both held most of their opponents. You know, going back over them, going back over the past matches, there the most uh, like Galway conceded was twenty one points in a game. Um, they both only let Offley get 14 points. Uh, the most Waterford allowed was 28, but that was in injury time. Aside from that, the most they've allowed was 23. So like, And that was actually in, in the game they lost, too. Uh, mm. So really, you know, both teams very strong defensively. As you said, Galway may be a little shakier in the last one, but at the end of the day, they still only 
allowed one goal in. And that was them being rusty against one of the best offensive teams. Mm. You know, even this year, though, Tipperary were shaky. They're they're forward they together very, for that very match. good, and they were very good in that match. So yeah, I think both teams very strong defensively. Both teams excellent at controlling possession. I mean, that's how they win matches, really, is controlling for, possession. Yeah. And also both teams, in terms of weaknesses, maybe get a bit more wides than they would like. Maybe take a few too many shots from maybe too far out. But um, yeah, I think it's just interesting because they're all going to be, you know, they're going to be fighting this match on basically the same strengths and weaknesses. It's just, it'll, it'll really just be like head to head, kind of who, who is who is better at the same thing. Yeah, which is interesting. Like it, you know, I, I think it's interesting when you get complementary match, matches too, when you have you know fence offense versus defense and things like that but i think it is also interesting when you see like two teams who are the best at this style of play go to head to head and you really get to see which one is better at it and it makes me wonder is any team is either team going to fundamentally change the way they're playing I, coming into this match i don't see it happening um i see mm. both teams maybe have backup plans but i think both of them will want to force their style of play on the other and i don't know if it would work for either team to stray from that when They've gone so far with it. I don't. I think the psychological blow of reverting to Plan B almost would mean that they've already lost the game. Yeah, I, I do think, as you said, one thing about this match though that might separate them is Waterford's goal scoring. It's it's actually kind of the reverse of last year. Uh, last year, like Waterford scored almost no no goals, and Galway mm. did fairly well in that regard. And this year, that's totally flipped. So I think really a lot of this match hinges on because I do think. Galway might have the better point scores, and you know they do get more points for match. But who who wins, I think, will depend on can Waterford get goals or can the Galway back stop them. I think that's yeah. going to be the real what makes or breaks this game. So, what what I would say is, um, you know, you know, what will be uh will be funny. I think from my perspective, if Galway wins, it'll be uh, the Sunday game will be sweepers. Sure, they're useless. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna be useless. Uh. And it'll forever be denounced and yeah. decried um, all year round. And, you know, subsequent um, past victories by Waterford will be dismissed. Yeah, um, ignore the and fact God, that And if they've Waterford been... win, it'll be like, it worked this year, but was it fluky? <laughs> oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, that'll... I mean, that's always the way, I think, when you have unconventional tactics. You really... You, you can't just win with it. You can't you can't just, you know, be in the final four, three years running, uh, mm. when the year before that you were absolutely dire. You really, like, I don't even think it would be enough for Watford to win this year. I think they'd have to win, like, two or three in a row to convince people, okay, this is actually something. I mean, I think, whatever about the present tense, I do think whatever happens, history will be a bit kinder to Watford, because I think people will eventually be forced to acknowledge that tactical variety is a good thing. <laughs> Or can be a good thing, or can be at least an effective thing. It's the spice of life, Carl. Yeah, it's the spice of life. So, who are we picking? I am going to edge it for Galway. I think part part of that is personal bias. Part of that is, as we said, Waterford. They may not be with all their starters. You know, they'll be missing Connor Gleeson. They got lucky not to have Austin Gleeson gone. Mm. Um, I think Waterford, you know, I go on about Derek McGrath a lot, but I really like him. I think he's an excellent manager. I think that will stand to them very well. Um, I think just the general work ethic of the Waterford team, like they maybe don't have as many star players as Galway, but like they really, they work hard. It's it's weird how much criticism they get because I think in a lot of ways they're good role models um, as mm. players, just 
they really never let anything go. They they fight for everything. They keep playing till the end of the match. I mean, they have to, I suppose, when they blow eight point leads. But uh, you know, they they do. They are very good. Maybe not as exciting to watch, but a very strong team. But I think what tips it over for, for me with Galway is like. They do score so many points per match, and yeah. you know, as we said, they haven't gotten goals this year. But I don't think, in, in fairness, you know, a thing to always remember with the All Ireland, it's a very small sample size. You don't have many matches, and it wasn't that long ago that Galway were getting plenty of goals. And I think if that switches on the day, nothing Waterford will do will be enough to catch up. Really, mm. I think both teams get enough wides that if they just have a spell where they, you know, reach the edge of their bell curve one way or the other, like, that will tip the match too. You know, I think on a given day, Galway will just miss that bit more or score that bit more than they normally do, and that could be enough to tip it. Same with Waterford. But I think just the raw scoring power that Galway have will be what tips them over. I think they're very similar in a lot of ways, but Galway just have that many more scoring options. And I think, as well, like, they're both good defensively, but Galway do it with the normal number of backs. Waterford give up offensive strength to get that extra defense and really you know as as i said looking through the numbers for how many points conceded how many points scored they're very similar but for galway to do it in using that method versus waterford i think it just hints that they might have the better players um i do expect it to be close um Probably. I think, you know, then again... I hope so. I hope so. I think, as I said, like, because there's so many wides, if one team is just kind of hot on the day, if they're just shooting well on the day, they could totally storm the other one. Um, But I do think it'll be close. I think it'll be very hard fought. Uh, There'll be no shortage of hard tackles in this one. Good shoulders. Mm. But uh, Galway are my pick anyway for this one. And you? For me... I am going to go for Waterford on this one. Hey, uh, reasons being, uh, I think, look, I think there was a lot to admire about them in their match against Cork. I think, you know, they seem to be able to eke out, you know, certainly they've improved on their goal scoring capability. I think they have some real talent on their team. Um, You know, I think they're, I think they're a good group of lads. And you know what? Sure. Why not? You know, do something different this time. My head would say Galway, uh, but my heart would probably say Waterford. So I'm going to go with Waterford on this one, and we'll see what happens. And uh, um, for those interested, very thorough explanation, <laughs> very thorough explanation as to uh, why I'm going for Waterford. So for for those uh, not interested in the opinions of you know weak, spongy human organs, Cold mm. Logical Computer has picked Galway with 61% odds of win. Peter has been Peter has been doing pretty well recently. It, has. it called Waterford, where last... we both said Cork. Yeah, fifty-one percent it... in favor of uh, Galway against Tip. Yeah, and what turned out to be only a one-point win, whereas we were confident yeah. that uh, you know it'd be could easily be a blowout. So yeah, I, I think computer's been on a bit of a roll lately. So uh, Peter has finally got its accuracy down as the field has narrowed considerably. <laughs> so I think really just for. <laughs> You know, for uh, anyone looking for unbiased opinions, uh, Galvabu in this one. Mm. We'll see. We'll see. It'll be a good one. So that and we'll is... be there live, watching it on TV, <laughs> and then reporting on it if, later. If any of you, you have tickets going, you know, I wouldn't mind coming along. I know I'm a neutral fan mostly, but I, I have, I have a maroon T-shirt with a hurler on it, so I, I could come I'll along for... and support Galway, or I have like white t-shirt blue jeans if you want me to support Waterford on the day 
you know, I'll, I'll support your team in exchange for a ticket, is what I'm saying. Similarly, I'll go along for the crack. If your man on, what's it called, Hurl and Banter can go to these things, I'm sure we can too. Right, so, um, yeah, that's our big All-Ireland preview episode. Um, wow, it's weird, it's so close to the end of the year now. What do we talk about when we're done with this? Flags. Yeah. Animals. I, I, think, I think we need help. I think if you want to suggest uh, conversation topics over the winter... Um, you can tweet us at tydatapoints or email us at mail at takeyourdatapoints.com and uh, yeah, best of luck to both teams. One of them is going to end that drought. Let's see who. Can't wait. Exactly. The important thing is it's not Kilkenny. Oh, And it wasn't even Jesus. close. I forgot to say, hashtag MOGA. <laughs> hashtag MOGA, you guys. When you're tweeting in, hashtag MOGA. When you're emailing in, hashtag MOGA. Bring cold, cold jobs back to Clara. Yeah, cool for Clara. Take take down the Barack Obama Plaza. Yeah. Bring bald eagles to Burr. Yeah. You already have golden eagles, I suppose. They're pretty good. They're, yeah, you wouldn't get them in Burr, though, I imagine. Unless they have, like, a falcon. They'd probably I, keep the pigeons down, though. This is un- this is unrelated to everything, and I may cut it out, but... Okay. Uh, one time at the Volvo Ocean Race, I saw a tent which contained a bald eagle surrounding surrounded by irish dancers and i think that's what what we need to go for with awfully i think that's the what does that have to do with bald eagle like i i have no idea but i'm almost certain i didn't dream it weird very weird but i think in making awfully great again that's what we need to aim for is bald eagle surrounded by irish dancers there you go heard another uh that's another take your data point special um, and we shall see you after the All Ireland, and we'll see who, who was correct. Myself with Waterford, or Cahill and Pewter with Galway. Pass the point of no return to the limits. Take it to the limit. Ah. And that'll do as the exit audio if, uh, Pass the if, point if there's any no better to use. <laughs> okay, I think we've gotten carried away enough. Uh, will we bring it back to hurling? Yeah, yeah, yeah.